Good morning. Uh, will you please pray with me? Father, we do want that day to come when the trump of victory will resound and the kingdom will come in full. Today we commit to seeking your kingdom until it comes on that day. And so let your spirit fall upon us to give us confidence that you, Jesus, are king and nothing will stop your kingdom from coming. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, well, welcome again to Mission Sunday here at LMCC. Um, yeah. Woo! Um, I just want to introduce two speakers that we're going to have for you this morning to explain to you kind of our hope for today. Why do we have a Mission Sunday every year? Why do we partner uh, with organizations around our city and around the world? And specifically, there's three hopes. The first is about honor. It's honoring God's mission. And to do so, what we mean by that is we want to honor God. We want to honor his heart and his vision, that he sees our world and he has a vision for changing it, for bringing healing to those who are hurting, for bringing hope to those who are in despair, and for establishing his reign where there will be no more tears, there will be no more death, There'll be no more destruction. And so we exist first, and we have Mission Sunday, and we partner first to honor God. When Jesus showed up, the first public statements that he makes were found in Luke chapter four. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to bring sight to the blind, to set the captives free, that the year of the Lord would be proclaimed. And what we're doing today is we're saying that God is bringing his kingdom. He's bringing a revival. He's bringing an awakening to the problems that our city and our world faces. And he's bringing his power to meet that reality so that it changes. So it's about honoring God, his heart, what he's doing. But it's also about honoring you. Those of you who are here representing the organizations that we partner with, we want to honor you because you have responded to the call of God, you have joined his work in pushing back the darkness and the evil and the destruction that is invading our city so that his kingdom could come through you. And it is a thankless job. It's a hard job. You are dealing with some of the worst and darkest and difficult issues. And so we want today to be about honoring you to saying thank you to you, that it is our privilege, our genuine privilege to say you are doing good work and we get to be a part of it. So we want to honor God and we want to honor you. And so we hope that you receive that today because God values you. He values the work that he's doing. He sees you. And I want you to hear from him today by the work of the Spirit, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what he says to you. So thank you. But the second reason we gather on Mission Sunday every year is to experience his power, to hear stories that his kingdom is advancing, that he is at work, that even though we can hear news and we can hear reports that cause us to doubt that, make no mistake, his kingdom is growing. And we want you to believe it. 
But we also want you who are leading these organizations to experience God's power afresh. They're like Jesus who said, I am anointed to do this work. We want you to feel re-anointed and refreshed to go and continue the work that you're doing. So as we sing, we hope the Spirit fills you with his presence. As we go for prayer today, as you eat lunch with us, that we might impart to you new courage, new power, new life in the midst of all that you have been doing. That this might be a day of refreshment and renewal of your calling so that we'd have power. But lastly, it's about relationships. Marcy talked about us being a family today. On today, I feel more like a family than ever because you partners are more than just the people that are doing work that we get to support. You're part of us. You're part of our community. You're an extension of the work that God gets to do through this community. We want you to feel like family. And it's been our privilege to give our resources and the generosity of this community back to God's heart through partnering with your organizations, but we wanna grow beyond that. We want our partnership to be about caring for you as leaders in the midst of the struggle and the fight that you're in. But we also want it to be about participation. We want our people to grow in what it is to give of their money, to give of their time, to give up the margins in their life to see his kingdom grow by joining and participating with you. And so that's why today the way that we have structured this message is that you would hear from two organizations that we were able to participate with in the last year and we're partnering with again this year. The first is the Romanian Evangelistic Medical Mission, or RIM for short because it's easier to say, and Edify. Um, and RIM is what, who you're going to hear from first. And Peter and Anna uh, Lukacu, I hope I said that right, they started the Romanian mission back in the 90s after the fall of communism to come back in in the midst of brokenness to restore all that had been torn down with the hope and the love of Christ. It resulted in the beginning of orphanages, bringing medical needs to those who had them. And as that's expanded, the mission has continued to grow and evolve to say, what are the needs? What is God asking us to do and how can we be a part of it? And today, Peter and Anna couldn't be here because Anna's father passed away this past week. So they're back in Romania celebrating his faithful life and his faithfulness to the Lord. And they're grieving, and we're grieving with them. But we get the chance to hear from one of the members of our community that went on that trip, Mickey Whitman. And it's actually a conversation with him that led me to make Mission Sunday about this. Because he, when he came back from Romania, I asked him how it was. And he shared about going with his family and the impact that it had for him to be a part of it, but he specifically honored the work that Peter and Anna and Alex and Andrea were doing. He said he was just so moved to see their faithful perseverance, that they had given their lives to those who had needs. And hearing him bestow that honor upon them, I said, we have to hear about that work. That if we honor God's mission, it will motivate us, it will encourage us, it will inspire us to believe that persevering in his mission is what we need to be about. So I'm excited for you to hear from Mickey. So will you give a warm LMCC welcome to Mickey Whitman. Good morning. 
like Logan said, my name is Mickey Whitman. Uh, I'm not, and as, as he also said, I'm not affiliated with REM in any way other than uh, being friends with some REM employees and uh, who are members of this church and also going on a nine-day uh, mission last July uh, with several members of LMCC. And like he mentioned, uh, he, I think I was pretty sure and he confirmed it. He asked me to speak because of the enthusiasm that I came back with. Uh, we all met after the missions and I talked about my experiences with the trip which just to start, as a little aside, is a, is a good way to, like, uh, advice for everyone, a good way to avoid being up here on stage talking in front of everybody is less enthusiasm <laughs> when talking to Logan. Uh, I'll learn that for next time. But I am, I am honored to be up here and excited to be talking about, about REM, uh, an organization, and my experiences with them for nine days. And I'm going to talk about that in two different parts. Uh, first, I'll just talk about the REM organization itself. Uh, basics like what is their mission, uh, what is their vision, uh, uh, when did they start, who started it. It's just some of the basics like that, some of the work that they're doing in the community today. And then second, I'll talk about my experience and some of my family's experience uh, with REM. Uh, more specifically, uh, what we learned about Peter and Anna and the Lukashu family. And I'll tell you about some of the observations that I had and some of the stories that I heard that I thought would be great to share with the rest of the, of the congregation here that really, I think, tell kind of really what the, the, the REM organization is about and the type of people that Peter and Anna are. So just starting with some basics, Romanian Evangelical Medical Mission started in 1990, co-founded by Peter and Anna Lukashu. Um, and, and again, like, like Logan mentioned, some, some may know uh, Andrea Anka, uh, Alex, uh, members here at the church. REM's stated mission is sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ by building bridges of hope and love to meet the needs of the people of Romania and beyond. Uh, what I found when I was there is REM is really a family business. It's the Lukashu's family business. Along with Peter and Anna, all of their children and now their grandchildren participate in the REM organization, uh, participate directly in the mission work by leading mission teams, translating and then running some of the large REM projects that, that they have. Uh, it started in 1990 as a medical mission group uh, with the belief that healing can serve as a bridge to spiritual healing. Medical healing can serve as a bridge to spiritual healing through Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter is a trained medical doctor uh, and, he, and he started through partnering with just other medical organizations to meet the medical needs of the community. But in subsequent years, uh, they've expanded their ministry into a wide array of areas, including uh, caring for abandoned children by, through the running of orphanages, creating employment opportunities for those that, that are unemployed in their community, uh, meeting basic needs through distribution of clothing, food, and water uh, to impoverished areas, and more recently, uh, actually building homes for people that don't have uh, adequate uh, living conditions which is where our LMCC group participated in building of their first uh, home in, a, in an impoverished community. Uh, finally, as an organization, they're always looking ahead uh, to things that, that they can do to better meet uh, needs of the community in, in the future. Uh, listed on their website, they have a set of dream projects uh, that include starting a Christian-based kindergarten uh, and also starting a, a, nursing, home, a nursing home program uh, designed to help uh, serve the needs of the abandoned and isolated elderly in their community. Uh, and I was able to experience firsthand, it is a, a truly remarkable organization run by remarkable people. 
So now transitioning into my, my personal experiences with, with REM uh, and the Lukashu family. Uh, while it was only a nine-day trip, as Logan mentioned, uh, the time with REM was very meaningful to me. Uh, I was able to, albeit briefly, uh, get to participate in the organization uh, and a family that has had such a profound impact on the lives of people around them. And what's amazing is they seem to do this joy, this work with such joy and effortlessness uh, and faithfulness. Uh, there are specifically four things that I wanted to talk about, either observations or stories that I, I saw, or stories that I heard or things that I saw that I think and I hope will give you a glimpse into the type of organization that REM is. So the first thing I learned uh, through stories uh, that Peter and Anna told was that they have a very strong and unwavering faith in God that has been strongly kind of created and tested by their life circumstances. Uh, they grew up in communist Romania, part of the Soviet Eastern Bloc. Uh, while Rom Romania technically at that time claimed freedom of religion, uh, that was only upheld if the religious beliefs supported the state-supported communist doctrine. So they grew up in a period where churches were being shut down, uh, where uh, priests were being arrested and imprisoned, sometimes dying in prison, and the Bible banned. Even possessing the Bible at that time was punishable by time in prison. Peter and Anna told us a lot of stories about how they and their families continued to practice their faith uh, through underground worship services and secret Christian communities. Peter also told us exciting stories about how he participated in harrowing adventures of smuggling Bibles across the border, across the Hungarian border and into Romania to meet the needs of this underground Christian community. Uh, to me, this speaks of a strong foundation of faith that the family possesses, really the type of faith that can only be built through kind of their willingness to risk everything to follow Jesus. The second thing I learned uh, is that the Lakash, with the Lakashus is that God's work with them is not a nine to five, Monday through Friday, kind of punch in and punch out kind of job. This was my first mission trip. And you know, in preparing to go, I talked to many others around just what to expect. Uh, and was a bit apprehensive uh, through those discussions because I learned that you know, the living conditions may be somewhat meager, right? So. Um, those that went on similar trips, uh, I've heard of sleeping on the floor, always being too hot, too cold, maybe no indoor plumbing, not enough food, not good food, no water. So I was mentally preparing myself for anything. You know, this was a mission trip, by the way. It wasn't supposed to be luxurious, and it was only going to be nine days, so I could kind of power through anything for nine days. But when we arrived, I quickly realized that this was not the, the way the Lakachus operate. You know, they literally open up their home to their mission teams, and we all stayed in an annex to their longtime family home. You know, my family stayed in a wing of this home that had two bedrooms, a nice living room, a, priv a, a almost private bathroom, um, and we may have had more square footage there than we do here in our New York City apartment. <laughs> They also, the Lakashus also, them and, and, and their, 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 their friends also personally prepared three meals a day for their guests. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking about multi-course, restaurant quality meals centered around local Romanian staples. They did all the cooking and cleaning and cleaning and treated us more as if we were good friends or family members than, than guests uh, uh, in, on a mission team. And I will say we did work hard during the day, but our accommodations felt more like a nice bed and breakfast than it did a roughing it on a mission trip. 
you know, it's, to me, this shows the Lakashus, they, they, they live a life of service to others, and they invite others to live that life with them. The third thing I observed with my time in REM is that the Lakashus take a direct, personal, and active involvement in God's work, which I think is the theme of Logan's uh, larger message today. One of the most meaningful things that I learned and I heard and took away from, from my trip was how REM chooses to get involved in their various uh, sets of mission work. Uh, like I said earlier, they started as a medical mission organization, but quickly diversified into other areas. And as we all talked to Peter and Anna during the time there, uh, one of our main questions was how they get involved in all of these other areas. And I was really amazed by the, the an their answer. Very simply, they get involved in the community where they see a need and they feel like they can help meet that need. My favorite of these stories uh, was how they came to open their orphanage uh, called Casa Joseph. So I may not have all the details right here, but I think the overall arc should be, should be about right. Uh, but one day, Peter's work in medical ministry took him to one of the local hospitals where they came upon a room with dozens of cribs and babies. When they inquired about this room, they heard that, or they found out that it was full of abandoned babies that had been dropped off in the hospital, a room full of, of orphans. There's so many babies and so few caregivers that many of the babies had to be tethered to their cribs so that they wouldn't climb or fall out. So some people's reaction to this, including probably my own, would be quickly move on and try to forget about the, the terrible scene that they just saw. Others might decide to donate money uh, to the hospital to help care for the kids, and still others might decide to, to donate time. But again, that's not how the, the Lukashus operate. Uh, despite no experience previously in orphanages, they, took, they, they decided to open up an orphanage. An orphanage. Uh, this meant clearing savings, meant taking out loans, purchasing a building near their family home, and starting their very first orphanage. Uh, and, and, and in starting that, they took the babies from that hospital and over the subsequent years took and raised dozens of children with a Christian-based upbringing. Uh, and this is true of the other projects that they've started as well. They saw an issue with unemployment in their community and they started a, a series of projects, a greenhouse and a walnut orchard to, to, to give jobs to people in the community. They see basic needs not being met in and around them and they, they, they uh, deliver food, water, and clothing uh, to, to, to communities, to these communities. Uh, and when they go on these, these runs to deliver this food, they see people living in substandard living conditions, and they decide to build a house for one of the families that they, that they build a relationship with. Uh, just like I said earlier, remarkable people. The fourth and final thing that I learned uh, in working and hearing from Peter and Anna and Rem is that the work that they take on is not directed by their own thoughts or their own ambitions. It's directed by their relationship with God. You know, I talked about how they got involved in their various ministries, but what I didn't talk about is, and what they stressed when we were there, is that each step along the way was filled with a significant amount of prayer. This is the type of prayer where they ask God what they should be doing, and then they just sit back and they listen and wait for him to answer. Uh, just going back to the orphanage, now that the last set of children have kind of have grown and, and graduated, uh, we asked them what they planned on doing with the Casa Joseph space. It's a big, beautiful building right in the middle of, 
uh, Beyush, Romania. And their answer was very simple, but it was also very telling. And that was, they're praying about it, and they're waiting to see where God takes them next. To conclude, I am sorry that you all didn't get a chance to hear from Peter uh, and Anna today, and their work about, they're, they're talking about their work with REM. Uh, I hope I was able to bring some light uh, about the REM organization and the work that the little Kashus are doing. Uh, just in summary, kind of the, what I found is their generosity, their faith, and their unwavering focus on serving others was an inspiration, not just to me, but everyone else from LMCC that went on the mission. Thank you. I love that, uh, being so close to God's heart and simply asking, what do you want me to do next? Um, that uh, is what we're asking each of you to consider uh, that are here today. What is the heart of God and how can you participate with that? Um, I want to introduce our second speaker this morning and uh, he had a personal impact on me. Uh, my family got to join uh, the mission trip with Edify down the Dominican Republic uh, this summer. It was our first time as a family to go on a trip like that together. Um, and we got to have just two meals uh, with Luis. And both of those have left my head spinning ever since um, because of how profound he has committed to seeking to know God. And then from the knowledge of God, just let that shape how he sees the world and how he sees people and how he sees uh, what God is doing in the DR, what God is doing through Edify. Edify itself works to provide um, excellent, low-cost Christian education uh, to poor communities around the world. They do that by providing microfinancing loans um, to uh, entrepreneurs who have started schools, many of them in their own homes then to provide training for teachers and then technology. Um, and so we got to see firsthand uh, the impact of those schools and the, the goodness of God and being able to provide education to kids who might otherwise not receive that. So I'm excited for you to hear from Luis today. Will you please give him a warm welcome? morning. It's a real privilege for me to be with you this morning and uh, to participate in the, your uh, Mission Sunday. My presentation will have three parts. I will talk a little bit about my context for you to know uh, from where I am speaking. I will describe the work of Edify the organization I'm working with as vice president for Mission Truth, and then a biblical worldview perspective on the concept of missions, uh, which will help us to grasp the importance of that aspect of our Christian life. I'm from the Dominican Republic. I'm 63 years old. I was trained as an architect and uh, have a master degree in business administration. Over 35 years, I have been working with organizations in community development, international Christian transformational development, 
with Food for the Hungry, first for 28 years in the Dominican Republic and in the Caribbean area in Haiti and Cuba, and also uh, with Esperanza, a microfinance organization partner of Edify, uh, providing loans to uh, schools, in low-fee schools in the Dominican Republic, and now I'm working with Esperanza. I also uh, was co-pastor of a small Baptist church for 27 years, uh, so my training in theology and in Bible is uh, self-taught, I would say. Uh, I'm married with uh, three children and two grandchildren. Now, Edify started in uh, 2009. It's a Christian organization dedicated to improve and expand sustainable Christ-centered education globally, which we could simplify it saying that is discipling the next generation through Christian education. Our vision is flourishing godly nations, which is the same that the vision for God's kingdom in the Bible. We are presently working in 11 countries, serving over 1 million students in 4,000 schools, and have trained about 16,000 teachers and school leaders in those countries. In Latin America, we work in the Dominican Republic, Peru, and Guatemala. In Africa, in Ghana, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Burkina Faso, Rwanda, Ethiopia, and Uganda. And in Asia, in a region northeast of India. Our model of operation is providing school loans for uh, entrepreneurs of education that are already working to expand their facilities and services of their schools, training the school leaders and teachers, the school leaders, especially the owners and proprietors in management, how to sustain the business side of the schools, and to teachers on how to integrate the biblical worldview into the subject matters of the uh, classes to help the children to contemplate that God is not only uh, with the purpose of salvation of the soul, but that have a flourishing life, a holistic life, a, a life uh, described in the scriptures by Shalom. Also, we work introducing education technology to enhance learning in the schools. Our philosophy of mission is transformation at 360 degrees. That means the model of mission of the kingdom of God, which is to transform and impact all involved. Not only the students, the school proprietors, or the teachers, but also our partners, uh, finance partners in the countries, finance partners in the US, like you, that support our work, but also the staff of the organization. One principle of the kingdom of God in terms of missions is that missions are accomplished through relationship. 
transformational relationships. So building transformational relationship, 360 degrees all around with all the people that God brings together to uh, accomplish his mission through Edify is our philosophy of ministry. In terms of the perspective of mission from the biblical worldview from the scriptures, the first thing we need to understand is that God is a missionary God. God is in a mission. The mission do not belong to the church. The mission belongs to God and his kingdom. God is in the mission of transforming his initial creation into the new heavens and the new earth. That is his mission, and that is why he created the world. And the Bible described that process in many ways. For example, in 1 Corinthians 15, 28, that the purpose, the end purpose of mission is that God may be all in all. That's the end of mission. That's the end of God's mission. Or in Habakkuk 2, 11, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It is important when we are involved in mission to understand what the end is, because if not, we could be sidetracked and allow other narratives different from the scriptures to substitute the purposes and the narrative of the scriptures itself and take our mission astray. What is God's mission described in the Bible? What is his method? His method is calling, blessing, equipping, and sending. And the model we have is with Abraham in Genesis 12. God called Abraham, a pagan, from the Chaldeans' land in Mesopotamia to transform the world, to build the uh, Israel nation to be a vessel, a vehicle, to transform all nations. The purpose of God has always been transforming all the nations. The gift of leadership in the church, for example, we find it in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, is to equip the saints for the goal of ministry, for the purpose of ministry. That means that in the local church, the missionaries are the ones sitting in the seats, not in the pulpit. The, the responsibility of the mission of the local church is there in the pews, in the seats, not in the people who preach. The people who teach and preach equip. It's like the managers in a baseball team. The ones who play are the players. I'm Dominican, so baseball is kind of... <laughs> connected to me. The players are the ones who win the games, not the managers, not the coaches. So mission is the purpose of the local church. And in the Bible, we find that the mission field is all the world. The message of the gospel is to spread geographically through all the ends of the world that we find in the books of Acts 1.8 but also through all the nations ethnically and culturally. The mission need to go deep into the culture to transform the culture. 
the disciplines of the nations is the transformation of the culture and the social systems of the nations. It's not to plant churches. It's not just to have churches full of people. It's to have churches full of true disciples who are transforming their culture. And the, to transform the culture means that the social systems of the nation need to reflect the traits of the kingdom of God. The truth, the beauty, the justice of the kingdom need to be seen in the social systems and the culture of the nation. And until that is done, our mission work is not done. We will never see it completely before Jesus Christ comes back, but we will see sustainable healing if we do it well. And if we track the concept of mission in the scriptures, we see that in Mark 16, 15, and in Romans 8, 21, the goal of mission, the freedom of the people of God will impact even the whole creation. So the, the universe will be impacted by the mission of Jesus Christ. Now, who are the missionaries? The Lord Jesus said clear, as the Father have sent me, I am sending you. We are all missionaries. What is our primary mission field? Our own family and our own community. From many years, the Church of Christ have always seen mission as with the uh, salty water uh, syndrome. That is necessary to be a true mission that should be an ocean in the middle. That is a distortion of mission. The main purpose of mission for Christians is to disciple their own community, their own family, the, through their own relationship. The missionary task is to disciple the nations, to reflect the traits of the kingdom of God, to counteract evil in all its manifestations, to the scope of influence God has given all of us. To some of us, God has given small influence. To others, big influence. Whatever God has given us as a gift, that is our mission field. We are all missionaries. And the church is missionary by nature. So how is the recruitment process of the kingdom of God? First, we need to be in Christ. Because in order to do the mission of the kingdom of God, we need to be new creation. The, the energy for mission is the energy of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. After the resurrection, the universe changed. Is already the new age of the new heavens and new earth have already started. And like the days in the Western uh, Hemisphere, we don't see the light, but after Japan and Asia have seen the sun, the moment of the resurrection means that the world is already under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And because we are in the dark of the night yet, we don't see it 
but it's coming. It's a reality with the power to transform our lives and our societies. So the first step is to be in Christ and be a new creation. Second, we need to offer ourselves a voluntary offering to the Lord. If we go to the book of Romans, chapter 12, in verse 1, we see that the practical, as the practical area of the book of Romans, where all our responsibilities are described, start with the requirement of offering ourselves of voluntary sacrifices. We are not our own. We, as Christians, belong to a monarchy. We have been bought by price. We live in a world that uh, exaggerates democracy and freedom. In the uh, humanistic aspect, we are not free. We belong to a master. We belong to a king. We belong to a monarchy. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. And that are not religious titles. Those are political titles. And we have been taught not to connect the faith with the power to influence societies. In the context of the early church, to say that Jesus was Lord, when the coins in the pockets of the Roman soldiers said that uh, Caesar was Lord and Son of God was a political uh, refusal to submit to the Lordship of Caesar. So in the third aspect then is to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. With the mindset of the culture that built us in our minds and in our emotions, it's not possible to do missions. The Bible teaches very clear that in order to exert and test the will of God, we need to be transformed. And the way to be transformed is through the renewing of our minds, to having a biblical worldview that helps us to interpret our lives in a way according to the teachings of scripture. So, in summary, God is a missionary God. He is in a mission, and he has invited all of us to participate in that mission. If we do not participate, that doesn't matter. God is transforming the present creation in the new heavens and the new world. And we have the opportunity to enjoy not only the end, but also the process. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we bless your name. You are great. You are our King. You are our Lord. And we confess that and submit to your Lordship. Res reinforcing our commitment to your glory. We want your glory to cover the whole earth of the waters, cover the sea. Help us to participate in the process you are doing all over the world, all over history, that when the new Jerusalem will come to earth,
and we will be joining you from all nations, peoples, and areas of the world. We will enjoy the pleasure of being the Lord Jesus by sight, and we will have the opportunity to honor him in his presence because what he has done, not only for us, but for the whole universe. Bless this church and make this church a true source of disciples for this community. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That was good. Um, the testimonies of God, the word of God demands a response. I want you to be able to have Mickey's experience, that you can be a part of God's mission and you can allow it to reshape how you see the world. I want you to be able to proclaim, as Luis did, Jesus is king. Not just because Kanye said, <laughs> but he did say it. <laughs> but that it's your heart, that it's your mind, that it's all reshaped, it's reorganized, it's reframed, that we exist as a church for the kingdom. The kingdom does not exist for our church growth. We as a church exist for the growth of the kingdom into every block, into every building, into every place inside of the world that we walk. And God says he put your, his spirit in you so that it would come through you, that you'd know the truth, it would set you free, and you would bring the freedom of God everywhere you go. So here's how we're inviting you to respond today. If you're a follower of Christ, there's opportunity for you to come and receive communion. To see the work of your king on your behalf that established his victory, his body broken for you, his blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins and the sins of the whole world. That you would take the bread, you dip it in, you would eat of it, saying, I will partake of Christ and his mission. Another way for you to respond is to go and receive prayer. This is for everybody. Even if you are a leader, a pastor, even on stage as a band, we want you to receive the power of God and he has given us prayer as a way to directly connect with his heart and his power. And he can heal and he can restore and he can make you into a new creation more powerful than any of your work can do and it can happen today through prayer. If you need that, go and receive prayer. And then we are going to sing to our King. And we're going to lift up our voices. We're going to lift up our emotions. And we're going to say, you are Lord and there is no other. So however you want to respond today, let's do so now. Uh, actually, go ahead and take a seat real fast. I'm going to do something different um, to close. Um, now that everyone's seated, if you are here representing one of our partner, partner organizations, will you please stand up? All right, first I want to give him a round of applause. Um, stay, stay standing, please stay standing. Um, we want to pray for you. And so if you're near those people, um, 
and you feel comfortable and they're okay with it, um, place your hand on them or place, just raise your hand towards them if you're not near them. I'm going to pray for them and I just ask that um, you would join me in that prayer of blessing over them. Father, these are your children, your sons and your daughters in whom you are very well pleased. You see their work. You see their longing to see people healed and changed, and I pray that you would satisfy that longing, that you would bless their work with your favor, with your power, with your life. Holy Spirit, fill them with a new fire and a fresh anointing that the next season would be empowered by your vision. It'd be empowered by your strength and that your joy would propel them and their mission into new seasons and new life. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask everyone to stand as I'm going to send you out with a benediction. We're almost there. Please, everyone, receive the words of this benediction and then join us for lunch. May you know God as Father, that he delights in you. And may you know Jesus as King, so that you can see his kingdom come in your life and through your life. And may you be filled with the Holy Spirit to walk in newness, to see the new creation come in full. Go in peace today.